guys know why we're here. We, uh, you know, if you honor a prophet as a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. The prophet's reward is eyes to see, ears to hear. And so, you know, I, I know David wouldn't call himself this, and he, you know, he's very, you know, humble and uh, at times. And, um, <laughs> and uh, but, you know, he, he is a genuine prophet, and he walks in that office. And so uh, he gets to say things that other people can't say. And so we just really want to honor that. And um, it's a privilege to have him here. So let's give a Columbus welcome to David Jonas. you guys. Oh. When I, we were a little bit late this morning, and we came in during worship, and I walked in the back door and just instantly started trembling, because I could feel Holy Spirit's personal affection for you. And I, I just looked around the room as I was walking in, and I could just see him hovering, 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 hovering over you. I could see him hovering over you like he did in the day of creation. In the beginning, <laughs> God... In the beginning, God, you could just stop right there. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the face of the deep. That word hovering, it literally means to tremble with suppressed power. To brood over. Like a mother hen over her chicks. The Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the face of the deep. And I could see Him hovering, hovering, hovering over His people in here this morning. Trembling with his desire to, to release his fullness in the lives of his people. Trembling with anticipation of what he wants to do to you, in you, for you, and through you. That's just a good word right there. What he wants to do to you, in you, for you, and through you. See what he does, ha. <laughs> What he does 
to you and in you. That is his presence. What he does for you, that is his grace. But what he does through you, that is the anointing. From God to you is grace. God through you is the anointing. And see, this thing works. This thing works. This thing works. We, we get to that place where it comes through us by allowing it to happen to us. And then allowing it to happen in us. See, you, 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 you came to the Lord, hopefully through some kind of encounter. Oh, If I fall down, just leave me. <laughs> See, something happened, something happened, something happened that drew you to him. Something happened, something happened that opened the eyes of your heart. Something happened in your life that caused the veil over your understanding that the Apostle Paul talks about to be torn. And see, no man can come unto the Father unless Holy Spirit woos him. So if you're sitting here this morning and you're born again, see, there was something, there was a decision made in heaven that this is the day. Now, maybe he had been wooing you for years and drawing you for years, or maybe you had never thought about him before, and it was a sudden face-to-face -face encounter with him. But, 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 but something happened in heaven. There was a decision made in the throne of God saying, now is the time, that one's mine. I see, something was released from heaven. Something caught your attention. Something pierced your heart, and, 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 and it drew you to him. Something happened to you. And then, and then at that moment, at that moment, you were born again. Something happened in you. And see, at that moment that something happened in you, the book of 1 John says these words, but you have an unction, you have an anointing from the Holy One. See, that second, the second, the second you bowed your heart in submission to the Lordship of Jesus, there was a seed of the anointing that was planted inside of you. So every single born-again person sitting in this room, there was a seed of the anointing that impregnated you.
See, the word of the Lord came alive inside of you. And, and one of the Greek words for that is the sperma, the sperma of God. You were, in, you were impregnated with a seed of the anointing. See, we forget, we forget sometimes, we, you know, heaven, yay, 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 yay. The whole thing, the whole thing, the whole thing, the whole thing, the thing is about the oil. The second you were born again, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we, you know, we, we, we have all these terms where oh, Jesus came into my heart and all this stuff. I mean, I don't know where we get some of this stuff. But then all of a sudden, it literally became Christ, the Christos, the anointing in you, the hope of glory. See, it's not, it's not the hope that maybe one day you'll get to heaven. Are you listening to me? No, 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 no. It's, it's you were impregnated with the anointing. A seed of the anointing was planted in you that gave you hope, that, 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 that gave you access, that gave you the potential to be a person that will step into and be a carrier of the glory. It's not the hope of glory of maybe one day I'll go to heaven. It's the hope that you will become one who earths the glory. It, it, it's the hope. It, it's the excited expectation that you would become one that as your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. You were impregnated with the potential of bringing the kingdom to earth. Christ in you, the Christos in you, the anointed one and his anointing in you. You need to go back and reread your New Testament. And every time you see the word Christ, you read it out loud. The anointed one and his anointing. Christ isn't his last name. It's what he does. It's the Christos. It's the oil of heaven. That's how important this thing is to him, guys. You have an anointing. You have an unction. I wish we used that word unction more. I love the translations that use that word unction. Unction. Something that pushes unction. Do you feel how forceful? Unction. It's an explosive. It's a, it's a pushing. It's, 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 it's a moving word. Unction. Let me read you. Let me read you something. Oh. 
1 John 2, it says this. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. And you know all things. See, when that seed was placed inside of you, the potential of carrying every revelation that heaven has, all of the wisdom and the knowledge of heaven is already inside of your belly in seed form. So you have an anointing to know everything that heaven knows. See, that's why, that's why, that's why. But see, it, it also says you, you also have the mind of the mind of the anointing. See, I don't think we yet understand what that means. I, see, yeah, you have the mind of the anointing. There's something inside of you that's natural, that's natural for you to, to, for it to come alive and you know how to move exactly like Jesus knew how to move. But you have the mind of the anointing. Paul said it this way when he prayed the great Ephesians prayer, that the spirit of wisdom and the revelation of the knowledge of Jesus would rest on you. That's not talking about knowing Jesus. That's having wisdom and revelation. When those two things come alive and combine on your life, something happens that you gain the knowledge that Jesus had. You know how to heal the sick. You know how to raise the dead. You know how to cleanse the leper. You know how to move as he moves. He said it this way, hey, 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 guys, just as the Father has sent me, so I want to send you just like me into the earth. But I think that we don't tap into that because we don't, we don't take time. We don't, we don't look to see how he lived. Jesus lived as a servant to the oil. I'll never forget, I'll never forget in my young days, first preaching in Europe, doing a conference, and I was doing a day service, and, 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 oh my goodness, Indian man in South Carolina, um, Mahesh, was doing the night service in this, in this big conference, and I got to sit on the platform with him, and I sit there, and, 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 he just, <laughs> First of all, it was the first time I ever seen gold dust on someone other than my hands because I didn't know what it was. I sit there. He was sit, just sitting there in a black suit. The worship was horrible. He was bored. He was sitting there looking at it, twiddling his thumbs. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they hit it. All of a sudden, they hit the place of the anointing in worship. 
and I watched, I watched, I watched as that black suit turned gold. Sitting three feet away from him. I was looking for the spray cans. I was just... He let him sing for about five minutes and said, stop. And he got up and he taught for 30 minutes on becoming a servant of the anointing. It impacted, it changed me for the rest of my life. Those 30 minutes of him teaching on being a servant of the anointing to how to serve the oil. And how Jesus was a servant of the anointing, that he ordered his life around protecting that one thing. Everyone else was asleep, Jesus was on the mountain. And in prayer and in worship, everyone had a demand of him. Everyone wanted him to come and be what they wanted him to be. And he would ignore them and walk right on by them to protect that thing that God had entrusted him with. He would protect that thing that he would only move when, 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 when that unction came on him that, 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 that he would walk he would walk into Solomon's portico and maybe hundreds maybe thousands of sick people there and, 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 and he served the anointing that God highlighted one man and he went to that one man and released it That he served the anointing. I don't know. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that Jesus passed by funerals. But when Holy Spirit said stop, he stopped and released it. And every single time something happened. Remember the anointing. The anointing is the fuel for the miraculous. Authority, authority can be fuel for healing a few sick folk. But the anointing is the fuel for the miraculous. You can see it in his life. He was in Nazareth. He was in Nazareth and they created such an atmosphere that it, that it didn't flow. And so... He carried authority. A few sick folk were healed there. But then he went to the next town, different atmosphere, the miraculous, the miraculous, the miraculous. And see, we, we, we just don't know it. We just don't know it. But all these things, all these things are already implanted inside of us. You have an anointing from the Holy One. That book goes on to talk about a few things about that, and we don't, we don't, I'm not going to go into all of it, but I could, and I'd like to. 
But then it drops down to 27, verse 27, and it says this. Listen to this. As for you, the anointing that you have received from him abides in you. And you have no need for anyone to teach you. Now listen, that doesn't mean what some of you think that means. But it does mean some very specific things. See, it means the anointing can't be taught. It can only be caught. The anointing abides in you, and you have no need of any man to teach you. Listen, listen, the anointing is self-teaching. He placed it inside of you to teach you, to teach you, to teach you, to govern you how to live true kingdom. But where there is no anointing, there'll be no true kingdom. There'll be a big list of principles and a list of best practices and a lot of ideas of what we learned in the presence. But outside of the presence, it's just trying to do those things. but it's trying to live like a Dutch man while you're living in Zimbabwe. <laughs> it's frustrating and it doesn't work. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that's why the anointing can't really be taught. It can only be caught because, see, that seed inside of you comes alive and begins to grow when you get in the atmosphere of the anointing. It's when you get in the presence, either in the secret place or around someone who's carrying something or in a service. When you come into that place of contact, that, 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 that thing comes alive inside of you and you begin to learn how to follow that and that's how it teaches you see you learn about the anointing by being in the anointing you learn by you learn what pleases God not by reading a list of do's and don'ts but by seeing what makes him lift and what makes him come the anointing will teach you the anointing will teach you who to put your hands on and who not to put your hands on. See, the anointing will teach you, the anointing will teach you, the anointing will teach you how, how, how to get people healed every time because he'll, he'll, he'll teach you, he'll teach you when it's this, do it this way, or, 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 or you, you just have to, I don't, see, you can't teach it. <laughs> You just got to know what I'm saying in your belly. See, Israel had the cloud. It was really easy for them. It was a really object lesson for them because they knew they couldn't march without it moving. And they couldn't move until it moved. 
But see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. What was corporate became personal because the cloud moved into your belly. The pillar of fire moved inside of you. But you still have a responsibility. If you actually want to live kingdom, you still have to be a people who follow the pillar and who follow the cloud. But the problem is it's inside of you. <laughs> you can't see it with your natural eyes and say, oh, there goes God, pack it up, Ethel. You have to be alive to Holy Spirit enough to know that his nudging, his nudging is so gentle this way. Just so gentle, so quiet. So subtle. Sometimes it's so big, it drags you. But most of the time it's not. Most of the time it's so subtle, it's so subtle, it's so subtle. Most of the time it's just... Felt that brush of his presence. Yes, Lord, I'm doing that. Oh, I'm going to do that. No. Where's he at? Well, he's not on that, so I'll leave that alone. That's a good idea. That might that would help some people. There's no, there's no brush. There's no, there's no pain. See, that's how the anointing, that's how, that's how the anointing teaches you. The anointing teaches you through experiences of his presence. The anointing teaches you through signs of his presence. I see, no human being can teach you that. It's only a submitted, desperately hungry, thirsty heart that can ever learn that. But as for you, the anointing that you have received from him and abides in you. And you have no need for anyone to teach you, but his anointing teaches you all things. It is true and not a lie. And just as, listen, this is the one of the most important statements of this weekend. And just as it has taught you, you abide in him. The level you have been led by his presence, the level that you have let the anointing teach you and make up your mind for you is the level that you will abide in intimate relationship with him.
That's why, that's why, you know, we get a little spark of something and everyone's like, oh, I'm hungry again, I'm pressing in. And a week later, it's blah again. Because it's impossible, it's impossible. Listen to me. It's impossible for you to abide in him in intimacy at a level above that you have allowed his anointing to teach you. The level that you are submitted to what he does towards you and to you is the level that you can walk in abiding in him. I just gave you revelation knowledge of heaven right there. And so where there's no anointing, there's a lot of spiritual activity and a lot of, of, of church hoopla. But there's no abiding. And the religious spirit sits back and laughs and laughs and laughs because he wins in that equation every time. But where the atmosphere of the anointing on, on corporately or individually, where that lives, there's true abiding in him. And that's where we get to the place, if you abide in me and allow my promises to abide in you, then you will ask anything. And it will be done for you. But see, that's a big if. We forget all the ifs. The kingdom is a kingdom of cause and effect. So if you abide in him to the level that you're being taught by the anointing, <laughs> you can quote that promise all day long. You'll ask anything of me and it will be done for you by my father in heaven. You can quote it until you're blue in the face. But it will only happen to the level of the abiding. That's this gospel truth, honey. And so we talked a lot last night about these generals and what did they know that we didn't know and that we don't know. And that's one of the main things that they knew. is they lived their lives as servants of the oil in that place of abiding. They lived their lives in the place of, of prayer and of worship and of fasting. All the things that makes us nervous now because it sounds like works. Because when it comes from a deadheaded religious place, it is stinking garbage. But when it comes from a place of desperate hunger to carry him in the earth, it's the most powerful things in the universe. I've shared bits and pieces with you about an encounter I, I had with the Lord way back in Bible college. We, we, we were just, we were, we were just in, in, in chapel and worship. 
And, and my favorite instructor called me out and laid hands on me. And before I hit the floor, I was in another, literally in another realm. Literally, they said my body hit the floor like I was dead. And, and some of you know Paul Moore. Some of you know who I'm talking about. They said he sit there and looked at me for a few minutes and said, drag him over the side. If he comes back, he comes back. If he don't, he don't. In that encounter, it, it, it's, it's one of those things, it's one of those things that's formed the rest of my days. He showed me how to come in. In that encounter, I saw the veil. Instantly, I was standing in front of this massive, heavy curtain. And it was ripped right down the middle. And you, I've shared with you, this with you, I think, a hundred times here. I went to push my way in, and though it was torn, it was heavy. It was so thick, that, that cloth was so thick that separated the holy place from the court. It was so thick that you had to press. It took effort. It, it, it took a pressing to slip into the access that had been opened. When I pressed my way into that place, the ark was standing in front of me. And, and, and the fear of the Lord consumed me. And I began to fall on the floor saying, I'm not the high priest. I'm about to be toast. And the voice of the Lord came and said, the seat of judgment has become the lap of your father. And I knew, I just sat on it. Set in the place where he who dwells between the cherubim. Instantly, when I sat down, I was taken into this place where, 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 where there was a raging sea in front of me, and, and, and it, it was made out of diamonds. And it was moving like the ocean, waves and waves, and this light was shining out of it. And far in the distance, I could see this brilliant light, and everything else was completely dark and black. And this voice began to call me and say, come closer. And I stepped my feet out on it and found that it was solid. And I would walk a little ways and terror would overcome me. And I would stop and he would say, come closer. And I would stop and he would say, come closer. And I would stop and he would say, come closer. I came to the place where I could see this throne. With a fire sitting on it. I would stop and he would say, come closer. And I would stop and he would say, come closer. 
You couldn't see anything in the fire except every now and then maybe the turn of a face or, or a finger. Finally, I came to a place and I screamed, I can't come any closer to you. And I fell on my face and Jesus stepped out of that fire and said, you never could. That's why I came. In that encounter, he took my hand and he said, little brother, get up. I'm going to teach you about the anointing. That's a pretty good teacher. I was really pressing in healing, really pressing into to more miraculous, more miraculous healing in those days. And he began to teach me specifically about the healing anointing. And he began to teach me that the healing anointing comes through worship, especially singing in the spirit and through fasting. He began to teach me that the healing anointing comes when you fast just to worship. That if you'll begin to fast just to worship, especially, listen to me, especially singing in the Spirit. There is something about us singing in the Spirit that releases the oil of heaven on you personally. There is something about you spending time in the secret place. If it's in your car, if it's walking back and forth in the bedroom, if it, just wherever you go, if you will spend time singing in the Spirit, I guarantee you oil will begin to flow in your life. If you'll learn what true fasting is, if you'll get past the religious hunger strike and you'll come into a place of true fasting where you're, so, you're more desperate for him than you are the next Big Mac. That you're more desperate for him than you are your next meal. That you're more desperate for him than you are gratifying any other thing in your life. You'll begin to see all those things that struggle for your attention dissipate. All those things that we become obsessed with in this realm, when we, when we learn how to come into the place of fasting, those things begin to go away, and our eye becomes undivided. And see, when your eye becomes undivided, you can focus it in in true worship. And see, when you come into that place of true worship, he showed me, he showed me, like an illustrated sermon, he showed me, he took a bowl of incense and laid it on the floor and caused fire to fall on it. And he said, that is your worship. That is your undivided, intimate worship. And as smoke would rise from that bowl, oil would fall down on that bowl. Listen, this is just how it works. When the incense of your worship goes up, the oil of his anointing comes down.
So on your personal life, on your personal life, if you are looking to carry the weight of heaven, if you are looking to carry the anointing, when you worship, when you release worship, a greater measure, a greater measure, a greater measure, a greater measure will come on you. Every time you do, a greater measure will come on you. Every time you do, a greater measure will come on you. And see, you see, when, when, when that becomes so precious to you, when that becomes so precious to you, then, then talking about guarding it and talking about saying no to things, that doesn't become an issue because that thing is more precious to you than anything else in the world. When Oral Roberts was, was going to speak at a healing meeting, if his wife was with him, it, when, when he would go to the restaurant to eat before going to minister, she would sit at a different table than him. Because he would not speak to anyone. When he was done with his prayer time and he would go have a meal, he would cut off his mouth and his wife would literally sit at a different table than him. Because he was protecting something. And you know, when ours, well, no, no. My wife wouldn't like that, blah, 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 blah. But those thousands of people who were miraculously healed were sure grateful. Let people get mad at you when you don't answer the phone. Let, 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 let people do whatever. Let people do whatever. You, when, when you get it, honey, when you get it, when you truly get it, you'll want to protect it. You'll do whatever it takes to want to protect it, and you won't even try to explain yourself to people. See, fasting, fasting just creates the atmosphere for this to happen. And it's so important because, remember, remember, as much as it abides in you and you allow it to teach you is as much as you abide in Him. That's kind of important. Jesus would get up hours and hours and hours before everyone else to go to the mountain Jesus would pray for six hours and preach for six minutes. Sometimes I think that we preach for six hours and pray for six minutes. And I'm actually, you know, I'm actually not trying to be funny. I'm, I'm being Judgment Day drop dead serious about that right there. Because, because, because it's a bunch of words without oil. And so if we'll serve the oil, huh, our words will serve us.
you have an anointing from the Holy One. You have an unction from the Holy One. That's why, you know, sometimes when we get frustrated, it always starts in our belly. You ever notice that? Because we get frustrated because we deny the leading and we deny serving what's been implanted in us. You have an anointing from the Holy One. And your greatest, your greatest responsibility is to tend the garden where he planted that seed. Your greatest responsibility isn't anything out here. I don't care if you work at McDonald's. I don't care if you lead the biggest church in Columbus. Your greatest responsibility is not that. Your greatest responsibility is tending what he planted in you. Serving what he planted inside of you. Because if all those, whatever it is you do, if it doesn't flow out of that, it's not the kingdom. Holy Spirit, just come a little bit more. Come a little bit more. Well, let me tell you something else. I watch, I watch young people, especially young people with a big calling on them. They, they'll get desperate, they'll get desperate, they'll get desperate for the works of God so that they get noticed and seen. Or for some other reason, and, and, and it leads you into this trap of where you begin to worship to manipulate. That's not worship, honey, that's witchcraft. See, we know praise is our weapon. But when you begin to praise to battle, instead of praise to praise, when you begin to do it for the effect it creates instead of the supremacy of the one that it is owed to, that is a problem. <sighs> Did you hear me? When you do it for the effect that it creates only, 
Now, it's a fool who does something that God has promised will create an effect and who doesn't have that in his heart and mind and lays claim to that. But it's also a fool who will surplant God and think that they can do these physical things to get something. See, I, I just, I just, I just truly, I'm just, I'm just sharing things out of my heart with you now. I truly believe that fasting is one of the main roots of carrying the anointing in our lives. You look at the life of Jesus; he was driven into the desert by Holy Spirit. Do you understand that that word literally means Holy Spirit drove him? He was driven into the desert. Underneath the blessing and love of God, he came out of the desert in the power of the Spirit. You ever notice that? He went in one way, but he came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Holy Spirit had already rested on him. He had already done some miracles. But he went in one way, and he came out... In the power. See, sometimes we pray for some things that only fasting will give you. Sometimes we pray for things that only fasting can answer. This is real popular now. One of the things, one of the things in this season, one of the things, remember, in this drawing back, he's going to teach us how to fast. He's going to teach us how to get the foundations right that we can move forward into these days of oil and wine. See, let me, let me describe this. Let me describe. He is aiming you at a place that when you walk in your bedroom to worship him, the cloud is going to come. He's bringing you to a place that when you just begin to sing in the spirit to him, that the very fragrance of heaven is going to surround you. He's bringing us into a place of such intimacy, intimate encounter with him that when you're in your car, it's going to feel like you can't even breathe because he is taking up so much of the air in there with you. And as he comes, and as he comes, and we encounter those robes, and he wraps his arms around us in that place, and all of his robes drip with that fragrant oil, and it begins to smear and smear and smear on our lives, then he's going to begin to teach us that the anointing is increased through use. Just like everything else in the kingdom, when you sow it, it increases. 
When you give it away, when you give it away, when you give it away, when you begin to release it, when you begin to hear the heartbeat of heaven and you begin to care and actually begin to care about the things that God is caring about and you care about the things going on in the world and you don't just pray from a place of frustration, but you pray from a place of authority and releasing the weight of heaven over those situations. It increases, increases, increases. See, I, you know, people ask me all the time, why do you like laying hands on people so much? Like, come on, every service? Yes, because I'm no dummy. Because when I release it, it increases. And so I'm always looking, I'm always looking, I'm always looking, I'm always looking as part of the prophetic. I'm always looking for vessels that are ready, vessels that are ready. It doesn't matter if you're a cracked pot. But see, we have, see, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. It doesn't matter if you're chipped. It doesn't matter if you're stained. It doesn't matter what, what it might look like on the outside. Is, is the inside prepared? Is the inside prepared? Is the inside a place that he can pour it into where it won't be wasted? You don't pour precious things into a colander. But you can find the ugliest old pot in the kitchen. And keep the most precious things in the world in it. As long as it is prepared to receive it. See, in every household, there are vessels of, of common use and there are vessels of honor. Huh. He doesn't pour the oil in the chamber pot. But he will pour it in. He will pour it in. He will pour it in to whatever is prepared to receive it. And trust me, it's not that he's trying to withhold. It's not that he's trying to be mean. I said last night, not everyone gets a cookie because they don't. Because listen, if he pours it in to an unprepared, unhonorable vessel, it will destroy that vessel. You don't put... New wine. That's about pervert, preserving the wine and the vessel. See, because when it comes on you, trust me, trust me, it will begin to create circumstances in your life. You will never see jealousy. <laughs> like you will then. David said it this way. David said it this way. You will exalt my horn like that of the unicorn or the wild ox, and I will be anointed with fresh oil. See, there's this lifting up of your life when, when the oil of heaven touches you. 
A horn in the Bible is your strength, it's your life, it's, it's, it's your business, it's your work, it's your ministry, it's the, it's, it's the issues of your life, the strong parts of your life. And when oil touches your life, he, those began to be lifted up. There, 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 there is a lifting up on your life when, when the oil of heaven touches you. And anytime there's a lifting up, there is a response from those around you who are not positioning themselves to be lifted up. Am I telling the truth? All of a sudden it's, well, look, you're just trying to draw, look, you're just trying to draw people to you. See, it's never, it's never, oh, look, God's touching them, and I'm jealous of that. No, 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 no. It's always well-reasoned out. Oh, you're rising like that? You're, just, you're, you're, you're trying to draw people to you. You did that for this reason. Your motives are this. Your motives are that. See, it's always a question of motives. And so I guarantee you, I guarantee you, see, it, it, it's God's built-in protection system. To keep you in humility, to keep you walking under the mighty hand of God, submitted under the mighty hand of God. Because trust me, when the anointing is on you, people will flock to you. They'll all want to be around you. They all want your phone number. They all want FaceTime with you. They, you know, they just want to tell you how great you are because they see something that they're desperate for. They see something that they want so bad because that seed inside of them is going, ah, look at that. That's what I'm supposed to look like. And so I learned a long time ago, honey, that wisdom is when I see the oil on somebody, I bow down in honor to them. I don't try to keep them down. I don't try to put them in their places. I, I don't care. I see a greater anointing on someone than me. I sit down in a seat and shut up and hand the microphone to them. Because if heaven honors it, you better learn how to honor it. If heaven is putting its weight on it, you better learn how to put your weight behind it instead of your weight in front of it. I, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm in quite a few churches and stuff, and, and I'll, sometimes it's always the goofiest kid that carries the most weight. A lot of times it's the goofiest kid that, that's carrying the most press, the, the most hunger for heaven. And, and, and leaders will come to me all the time and say, Why, don't you know what kind of problems they cause? I don't care. <laughs> I see weight on them, and so my honor and intention is going to go towards that. And when we position our hearts like that, it opens up a whole new realm of what he can pour out on you. Honor is when the currencies of heaven.
So listen, listen, listen. If you're hungry for this, jealousy has to die. This has got to die. You can covet what rests on someone else, but you can't be jealous of it. You can want it, want it, want it so bad. Oh, there's, there's people, I hear them get up and say things so eloquently that I've had written down in my notebook for 10 years and I didn't get to get up and say it. And that thing just wants to jump up in me and... No, 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 no. Because the second we start letting that win, the second an umbrella comes over your life and the oil that's already falling will be diverted right to that one that you're jealous of. I've watched it happen in my own heart too many times to know that is just not the truth. You have an unction from the Holy One. And it's, it's that, it's that. Listen, it's not the latest devotional system. It's not looking at, you know, well, this is how this person orders their lives, so I'm going to get it that way. It's no, no. It's, will I follow the little that he's placed? Will I steward maybe the little that I have right now? See, because when you will steward the seed, it will grow into an olive tree. That maybe, maybe right now, maybe, maybe, maybe you lead something. It don't matter. Maybe you got saved yesterday. It don't matter. If you will steward, if it's still in seed form, if you will steward that seed, it will grow into an olive tree because his goal is to not just turn you into someone who receives the oil, but to turn you into the tree that produces the oil for those that are around you. It's good to be an olive. It's better to be the tree that's the source. And see, you want to carry, you want to carry influence in the kingdom. That's what influence in the kingdom looks like. Others can come to you to feed. Not on your knowledge, not on your learning, but on what's flowing. See, you let that thing mature, and trust me, God will continually, trust, this, this is a prophetic promise, He'll continually, continually, continually bring the olive press around your life.
Oh, those big, heavy, rolling stones will never be far away from you. Because the only way to, pro- to turn what that he is producing into you to what can come on others is through this process called crushing. But here's the good thing. You can learn how to make those seasons the best seasons of your life because you can learn just to lay down in front of that rock and laugh. (laughs) Because you know, you know, you know that this is rock and roll, baby. When it, when it rolls over you, it's going to rock everyone around you. See, there's not a problem with crushing when you know you're producing. There's not a problem with crushing when you know that, that, that what's dripping out of it. Perspective is everything. There's not a problem with those seasons that that sometimes seem hard, but they're really not. Those are the seasons where the fragrance fills the room. Those are the seasons where where new languages of worship are born in us. Those are the seasons when God actually accomplishes the things that, 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 that He has been bringing about in our lives. See, Jesus was the source of the anointing to everyone around him because he understood the joy of his sufferings. Can, can we talk some grown-up talk for a minute? Here's the thing, here's the thing. You want to be a source of the oil, huh? you have to become, like Paul said, acquainted with his Now, here's the good thing. It is a finished work. He went to the cross. You don't have to do that. He bore sickness in his body. I ain't talking about that stupid religious mess. I'm talking about those things that began to crush down on our emotions, which we can't trust anyway. I'm talking about those things that began to really, truly shape us. We have to become acquainted with his sufferings co-partners with his sufferings. Paul said, I bear the mark of the crucifixion in my own body because he already did it, but I'm marked with it because I will allow myself to go through these seasons that I can carry the weight of heaven. Listen to me. Avoidance of pain is not a kingdom principle. Read your New Testament. (laughs) I endure it well. Well, everybody's happy now. Uh-huh. 
When you've got joy, it don't, it's, it's not dependent. He counted it as He counted it as He despised the shame of the cross for the See the mind of Christ. You have to think. From the place of the anointing. You have to begin to think, well, oh, this situation sucks. What's it producing? (laughs) This circumstance is horrible. What glory is being released? See, the mind of the anointing thinks different than we do. See, I dare you. I dare you to read the Gospels again and put yourself in Jesus' place in the Gospels. See yourself moving as he moved and speaking as he speaks. See yourself thinking as he thought. Because as he is in this world, so he is sending you. See, we, to some of you, I'm seeing your faces. He just spoke blasphemy. No, 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 no. You want to learn how to move in the power of God? You better start reading the Gospels and, 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 and reading them as, as your, your experience. How did Jesus deal with people? How, 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 how did he deal with relationships? It looks a lot different than what we teach people good Christian relationships look like. Holy Spirit, release the mind of the anointing in this room right now. Release the mind of the anointing on every son and daughter. Receive it, receive it, receive the mind of the anointed one in his anointing. Let logic fall on its face. Let logic fall and bow on its face before the mind of the anointing. The more logical you are... (laughs) the more you need to ask. But the more fruity-tooty-flighty-heidy you are, the more you need to ask. Because the anointing is neither one of those things.
Let oil, let oil fall on every head. Oil for every head. Oil for every head. Let oil for every head. Let oil begin to invade the soul, the mind, the will, and the emotions. Let, the, let oil begin to invade every soul. The mind, the will, and the emotions of every son and daughter in this room. Huh. Christ in you, the anointed one and his anointing in you, the hope of glory. I release, I release a brand new hope of the glory over every son and daughter. Uh, excited expectation for the manifestation of the glory on and through your life. I release a brand new grace of the hope of glory over every person in this room. A hunger, an excited hunger a refusal to be refused and a denial to be denied. I release over you a refusal to be refused and a denial to be denied. A hope. of being one who will earth the glory, of being one who will walk in the apostolic mandate of heaven, that the glory, the fatness, the fullness of God is earthed in every, on every mountain and on every realm on this planet. Hope, hope, hope that keeps you, hope that keeps you, hope that keeps that frustration in its proper place. Hope that keeps that frustration in its proper place. Hope that won't let you be exhausted and tired anymore. Hope that will not allow you to become exhausted in waiting. Hope that doesn't let you change the subject. The anointing in you, the hope. Of the glory. Hope. Hope, hope that, that, that causes everything to be sweet. <laughs> he was speaking to me this morning from Proverbs. To those who are satisfied, even the honeycomb tastes bitter. When you're not hungry, the best things sound bad to you. When you're not hungry, the, the, the most innocent prophetic word can offends you. But to those who are hungry, even the bitter thing is sweet to your lips. 
<laughs> Hope that restores hungry, that, 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 that you will receive everything he does and see it for its sweetness, even if they tell you it's bitter. See how beautiful, how wise is he? But to the full, even the honeycomb tastes bad. To the satisfied. I was reading that this morning in, 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 in the Passion Translation, and his note on that is to those who were full of their own opinions. Even their own agendas and opinions, even the sweetest things from heaven. Because he's, turn, he he's turning around and erasing some things. You feel it happening in you? Yesterday and today, I feel it happening inside of me. He's turning around and he's erasing some things. It's a new season. What's that song? It's a new season. It's a new day. A fresh anointing is coming my way. Remember when we sing that? You notice how they, they, we've been singing these old songs. Have you noticed what they're all crying out for? You notice how different, how different. We sing now, see, we're, we, we sing now about him affirming our emotions. Listen to some of the newest worship albums. When he was moving, we were singing about crying out for more. How funny, when he's moving, we sing about crying out for more. What if we just don't change the subject about what we, what we cry out for? I smell him. I can smell him. His fragrance, his fragrance, his fragrance. Wow, his fragrance. His fragrance just came in the room. Just close your eyes. Just worship him for a minute. You can go eat lunch in a minute. Just close your eyes. Worship the beautiful one. Worship him as the beautiful one. 